Hey everyone, and welcome to the Bible Breakdown Podcast. In this podcast, we will be breaking down the Bible one chapter a day. Whether you are a new believer or have been following Christ for a while, we believe that you will learn something new and fresh every single day. So thank you for joining us, and let's get into breaking down the Bible together. Well, hello and welcome back to our journey through the book of Leviticus. Today is Leviticus chapter 5. If this is your first time joining us through this, don't worry about going back and reading those. Just start today and let's move forward as we are walking through what is slowly becoming something to be excited about as we are picking up so many good little like gold nuggets, man, just gems from God's word because the principles of holiness still have value for us today on learning that God always provides a way back to him, that when we sin, God has a plan for our redemption. We can celebrate with the Lord. Chapter three, we looked at how God wants us to be in communion and have fellowship with him. And today is just like that. We're going to cover some more very useful things that can still have good principles for us today. Our practicals are going to be different, but the principles of God's word are still powerful on helping us know how to stay free. As we've been talking about every day, you imagine the idea. My my daughters are almost uh, at the age where they can drive. And imagine I were just to give them the keys to my car and just say, good luck. You'll figure it out as you go, hopefully, or whatever. I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that because I love my daughters. I wouldn't want them to purposely be put in harm's way if there was something I could do to help them. So what am I doing right now? I'm teaching them, or I'm about to anyway. I'm about to teach them how to drive. I'm teaching them the rules of the road, when to go forward, when to stay back, what stop signs are all about, what what traffic lights are all about, what speed limits are all about, so that they can be safe and so that everyone around them can be safe as well. That's what the book of Leviticus is all about. This nation that was alive when Moses wrote this as he was inspired by the Lord, these people were born slaves. They were born with taskmasters that told them what to do and when to do it. Now they're free. They're in a whole different area. And God is interested in keeping them free. Because if he hadn't have laid down these straightforward rules so that they knew the rules of the road, then by the end of the 40 years, they wouldn't have been a nation of Israel left to take over the promised land. They would have died of starvation or war, or famine, or disease. They would have been anything left. And so God sets forward these rules because he cares about their freedom. And he also wants them to be able to worship him properly so they can enjoy his presence and stay in his favor. Now we're going to look at what could have been easily some gray areas in the nation of Israel. Have you ever been maybe at a new job or something like that? And there were some rules that were very clear, like, like don't do this, don't be late for work, don't steal from the company and you know, all that. But then there's all these smaller things that you don't know until you just kind of learn as you go or learn as you do it wrong, maybe even. Well, God is even interested in you not being set up for failure because a lot of times you don't know you do it wrong until you do it wrong and then you suffer the consequences. God's not interested in you being set up for failure. He's interested in you being set up for success. And so what God is going to do is he's going to lay out several different types of scenarios to go, okay, when you do this, you require a sin offering. Like this is stepping out of the boundaries. This is hitting a guardrail so I can get you back in where it is. And so we're gonna read several of these. And some of these are just good wisdom for everyday life. Hey, when you do this, bring it to the Lord and let him finish it and let him fix it in your life. And so we're gonna read verse one through verse 19 is gonna be the whole thing. 
and I'm going to stop along the way. I'm going to say pause so you know when I'm reading the Bible and when I'm just kind of giving you my personal commentary. But if I come across something I want to maybe add to, I'll say pause and then I'll tell you, and then we'll press play again and we'll keep reading. Here we go. Chapter 5, verse 1 says this, If you are called to testify about something you have seen or that you know about, it is sinful to refuse to testify, and you will be punished for your sin. Pause. What God is saying is being a good neighbor is being honest, saying what you have seen and being someone who is dependable in all things. All right, play. Verse two. Or suppose you unknowingly touch something that is ceremonially unclean, such as the carcass of an unclean animal. When you realize that you have done what you have done, you must admit your defilement and your guilt. This is true whether it is a wild animal, a domestic animal, or an animal that scurries along the ground. Press pause. The reason why, obviously, he would do this is because an animal may have disease or there may be something else going on with it. And so he wants you to let it be known, not so that you can be punished, but so then you can be seen about. You can make it right so that you're not defiling yourself or defiling the community. Press play. Verse 3. Or suppose you unknowingly touch something that makes a person unclean. When you realize what you have done, you must admit your guilt. Verse 4, or suppose you make a foolish vow of any kind, whether it's a purpose for good or for bad. When you realize its foolishness, you must admit your guilt. When you become aware of your guilt in any of these ways, you must confess your sin. Then you must bring to the Lord as a penalty for your sin a female from the flock, either a sheep or a goat. This is an offering which the priest will purify you from your sin, making you right with the Lord. Verse 7. But if you cannot afford to bring a sheep, you may bring to the Lord two turtle doves or two young pigeons as a penalty for your sin. One of the birds will be for a sin offering. The other will be a burnt offering. You must bring them to the priest who will present the first bird as a sin offering. He will wring its neck, but without severing its head from the body. He will then sprinkle some of the blood of the sin offering against the sides of the altar. The rest of the blood will be drained out at the base of the altar. This is an offering for sin. The priest will then prepare the second bird as a burnt offering, following the procedures that have been prescribed. Through this process, the priest will purify you from your sin, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. If you cannot afford to bring two turtle doves or two young pigeons, you may bring two quarts of choice flour for your sin offering. Since it is an offering for your sin, you must not moisten it with olive oil or put any frankincense on it. Take the flour to the priest who will scoop out a handful as a representative portion. He will burn it, burn it on the altar on top of the special gifts presented to the Lord. It is an offering for sin. Through this process, the priest will purify those who are guilty of any of these sins, making them right with the Lord, and they will be forgiven. The rest of the flour will belong to the priest, just as the grain offerings. Pause. So once again, God is continuing to provide a way back, saying it's his, forgiveness is not just for the rich. If you can't afford it, I have a second option. If you can't afford that, I have another option. God isn't interested in making you broke. He's interested in making you free. And so he's constantly providing ways for you to be able to get back in right standing with him. All right, play. Verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, if one of you commits a sin by unintentionally defiling the Lord's sacred property, you must bring a guilt offering to the Lord. 
The offering must be your own ram with no defects, and you may buy one of equal value with silver as measured by the weight of the sanctuary shekel. Pause. Shekel was a form of payment that would be something close to just a form of payment that you would have today. And then, of course, you could add various different shekels together to get larger amounts. But it was considered something that was also specific to the sanctuary. That way, no matter where you traveled from, if you had other types of currency somewhere else, you could always come back to the tabernacle and have one currency so that it was fair for everybody. All right, play. Verse 16. You must make restitution for the sacred property you have harmed by paying for the loss, plus an additional 20%. When you give the payment to the priest, he will purify you with the ram sanctified as a guilt offering, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. Verse 17, suppose you sin by violating one of the Lord's commands. Even if you are unaware of what you have done, you are guilty and will be punished for your sin. For a guilt offering, you must bring to the priest your own ram with no defects, and you may buy one of equal value. Through this process, the priest will purify you from your unintentional sin, making you right with the Lord, and you will be forgiven. This is a guilt offering, for you have been guilty of an offense against the Lord. So there's a lot going on there, but I hope you can see the overall principle there is that there are lots of things that are sin. There's lots of things that are good, too. As a matter of fact, there's more good things than there are bad things. But there are things that are considered sin. But here's the deal. When you sin, there were two things that you needed to do. I don't know if you noticed this. Number one is admit it. Don't try to hide it. Just admit that, hey, man, I messed up. And then number two, make it right with the Lord. Now, in the Old Testament context before Jesus, that would mean that they had to come to the tabernacle and they had to go through this process. Now, because of Jesus, that is different. We go to God to make it right. We don't have to go to a priest anymore, but the process is still the same. There are things in our life that are sin. That's missing the mark, missing, missing the perfection that God requires. But the good news is, is the process to get back into God's grace, or not grace, but his favor is still the same. And that is number one, be honest. Just tell the truth. God, I messed up. I did a bad thing for a bad reason. I, don't, I, I have no excuse. Just bring it to him. But the Bible says if we will confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so that's what God is doing here. He's saying, hey, if you do this, if you do that, if you do the other, there's always a way back. Just bring it to me and we can always make it right. So I want to know from you, what was your number one overall takeaway? Maybe it was the overall chapter, maybe it was a particular verse. Don't forget to soap through it and allow God to speak to you. And isn't it amazing that even in the book of Leviticus, man, God's word still is true and he speaks to us in so many ways. I look forward to seeing you next time for Leviticus chapter six. 